I'm magician Justin Wilman. I've spent my life attempting to master the art of magic. Now, I'm using magic to master the art of being human. Real people. Real magic. What? Seriously? No camera tricks. You believe hard enough, you can turn this paper into money. One, two, three. Money! Can I have it since I made it? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's start the show! Welcome to Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love, when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt, and of course, you've all been wondering since you saw Magic for Humans coming to Netflix, what does Brian Brushwood think? Uh, yeah, no, the answer is, uh, you know, uh, Justin Wilman and I, of course, uh, we work the college market at the same time. So we would see each other at the same conferences. We'd be passing each other in the same shows. Uh, it, it is, it, it's almost as though we had the same freshman class and, and graduated on to more interesting projects. I am unbelievably excited for this. And I, I feel like a b bad friend because I haven't watched it because I'm saving it. Cause like, I, 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 I don't know, but by all accounts, it sounds like a fantastic show. Justin Wilman supremely talented one of the best magical thinkers i've ever uh, uh you know been with he's he's one of those folks where when you see his show it has that perfect almost painful to look at chrome like polish that comes from constantly being on the road he is the best of the best and i'm so excited that he's couched this magic series in something bigger than magic and uh fingers crossed i'm going to see if i can get him on the show to talk about it with us that's fantastic. No, I'd love to. I, I, I just the title alone captures a spirit that I, I think I love already. Yeah. You know? Well, well, well yeah. because uh, exploring magic is what it means to explore. Uh, you know what it means to be human, as as he yeah. uh, eloquently puts. Also, yes, uh, he's definitely appeared on Scam School. You can find that episode as well. Uh, but uh, but everybody watch it now, just preemptively, so that we're all prepared with if and when I'm able to get him on Cord Killers. Excellent. In the meantime, uh, let's move on to our primary target. This is going to sound like a repeat. It's not a repeat because I'm talking about Amazon, not Netflix. But Amazon is now apparently rumored to be interested in buying Landmark Theaters, according to sources talking to Bloomberg. Uh, Landmark, if you recall, close followers of Cord Killers will recall, is owned by Wagner Cuban. Of course, the Cuban being billionaire Mark Cuban uh, and Todd Wagner. Reportedly considering multiple offers from other companies, that's pretty above board. Cuban has talked about that in public. Like, yeah, we might sell it. We're not in a rush, but we're interested. Amazon acquiring Landmark would give Amazon a theater chain showing independent and foreign films with more than 50 theaters in 27 markets, big markets, New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco. Uh, Cuban and Wagner also own Magnolia Pictures, the production company 2929 Productions, and the network AXS TV, as well as, of course, classical HD net movies. Uh, but they're not necessarily going to sell all those to Amazon. They would divest themselves of Landmark. Brian, this is the same idea, I think, as we had with the uh, with Netflix investigating. And as far as we know, Netflix looked at it and then decided, no, we don't want to pull the trigger. Amazon, on the other hand, has one major difference with Netflix as far as owning theaters, which is they play ball with theaters right now on the 90-day exclusive. When you had Manchester by the Sea come out, it played in theaters for 90 days before it came to Prime Video. So would this tilt that relationship somehow if now they're in competition by running a theater chain? So I'm of two minds of this. Uh, for, first, 
let's explore the uh, the possibility that that it's not right for Netflix, but it is right for Amazon. I could totally see that. Amazon has, in general, seemed to act as though it craves the legitimacy of their production studio, which again, as we've talked about before, back there was a time that Amazon was the third place player behind Hulu on this. Now they're a very tight Pepsi to uh, Netflix's Coke. Uh, so it does make sense that they would want that legitimacy. And it also would make sense, as we've seen before, Amazon straight up just bought Whole Foods. They're like, well, it seems like we should get into this. Uh, yeah, we don't mind paying retail prices. We're only, you know, one of the most profitable businesses on the entire planet. Um, so it also makes sense, whereas Netflix might have a more DIY mentality of, you know what? Forget it. We'll make our own uh, theater chain with blackjack and hookers. Uh, in fact, forget the theater train ch uh, chain. Um, uh, I can <laughs> see. I can see Amazon being much more interested in buying a legitimate. Uh, I'm using air quotes here. A legitimate name in this space, especially if what they crave is the opportunity to surpass Netflix in artistic recognition for their efforts. Having said all of that, I don't know what the value of the landmark chain name is. I don't know what the value of buying anything established is. And I strongly suspect that maybe they should just roll up their sleeves and get to work and just make their own theater chain with a completely well, I mean, different model. Like, like one imagine, way to imagine buy it, one way to make your own theater chain is to buy 50 theaters Correct. And make them your own theater chain. Cor you know what I mean? Like they may not be buying Landmark for the Landmark name. It may be like, hey, this is 50 great theater locations. Right. But that is also an expensive way to do it because part of the pricing for Landmark is based on the Landmark name. It's based on uh, the reputation that it has. I think that's the question is, does Landmark have enough of a name that that is going to raise the price? Or is it a situation where Cuban and Wagner are like, yeah, you know, Landmark's name worth something but really we just we just want to divest because we see this business going down and down and down right so so if you already devalue the name then next up is like what is there is their back-end system so supernaturally efficient that amazon couldn't do well, a better you don't thing have by... to build the theaters you don't have to install the equipment you wouldn't even necessarily have to hire new employees i mean, I mean my, that's my why they bought is, whole foods right my Was, guess oh, is we've got retail outlets like that Okay, but the retail outlets with Whole Foods, that's existing infrastructure. The price uh, per shelf of, of food, of, of infrastructure, whatever, has not gone down significantly in the last 20 years. The price of projection equipment has gone way down. The price of, of real estate has gone in certain areas way down. The, 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 the brand value. The, the, it's a shakier argument. Okay, uh, but, but, uh, the brand value of, of Amazon certainly has gone way up. Like, mm -hmm. what are they buying? Let, let's say they do buy landmark theaters. What are they buying? They're buying an old busted system that they're just going to have to spend a whole bunch of money. I'm describing, by the way, the seven acres I just bought out in West Austin. <laughs> they're buying something broken that they will make a project I, out I of fixing I don't think up. it's that broken. I mean, have you been to a landmark theater? Uh, no, I have not. These are great theaters. They are often refurbished classic theaters. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're in malls or something like oh, that. But they're they're very well run, and they've they've got that boutique feel. It's uh, it, almost there, some, Alamo. There's draft some house historical so, cachet that they're buying. Sometimes as well. they have historical cachet. Sometimes they just have like, you know, a, a well implemented theater situation. So I don't know. I, I'm not saying that you're wrong. 
about the cost, but I could also see someone come forth who knows what they're talking about, which is not either of us, and say, oh, but no, it actually is cheaper. So it could be that. The other thing to keep in mind is it's illegal for a movie studio to own theaters after the Paramount decree of the 40s. There's yeah. a whole long history. We got into it a little on DTNS. Won't go into it here. Get, well, can, get, can, can you they, give me the shortened version? Yeah, I do the remember. TLDR is the the uh, the U.S. government said, "Hey, you can't uh, own the theaters and the actors and the studios in these monopolies. It's bad for business. Come to an agreement." The movie theaters tried to come to an agreement and then kind of welched on the agreement. And so they put the Paramount decree out that said, all right, you you cannot own the theaters and have exclusives of just your movies. If you've seen a Fox theater, that's a leftover from those days when Fox Studio only showed the Fox movies often in the Fox theaters. Uh, and, well, and so, and so, so I wonder- for, since the 40s, it's not been allowed for Disney, Sony, uh, Paramount to own the theaters. Now, then the question becomes, A, is Amazon found a loophole because they're more than just a studio or they're not just a studio or something? Or because obviously Cuban has a production company, so there is a way. Or is it that they they are confident that the Department of Justice is going to reverse the Paramount decree, which there are officials from the U.S. Department of Justice on record saying, yeah, this was a, a, a rule made in the 40s when, when the world was so different. It had its roots in the silent film era. Maybe we don't need that anymore. Man, that's the confusing part to this uh, anarcho-capitalist's uh, uh, withered black heart is trying to figure out if, if maybe, like, like, is it, is it wrong? Like, I imagine if Tom and Brian wanted to have a theater and right. all it did was show Tom and Brian shows, uh, w- would that be so wrong? And again, no. in the abstract. And it wouldn't be illegal under the Paramount decree. I can I can have a theater in my museum that only shows the stuff I own in the museum right there. Th- that's why I didn't want to get too far into the Paramount decree, because there are carve outs and exceptions. And it is a complex piece of le- legislation or, or not even legislation. It's, it's, it's a, actually a, an antitrust ruling from the Supreme court. And, and so it's very easy to say something that's not true in regards to it. But the sure. top line thing that is true is it is difficult, if not impossible for major studios to own, own theater chains. So it makes me feel like the easiest solution if I was, first of all, Jeff Bezos uh, as a corporate entity is smart and, and probably has thought of everything I'm saying out loud. But it seems like the better solution would be to not own landmark uh, theaters, but instead to uh, work out a partnership, much like Redbox did with McDonald's, where they're mm. like, hey, we know that the type of people that go to McDonald's love to get movies for one a dollar a day. Uh, we'd like to put red boxes everywhere. It seems like they could work out that kind of agreement with the Amazon lockers and then say, the only thing we want, you know what, don't even write us a check. Just guarantee that at least five of our 25 releases next year will be in all of your movie theaters. Um, And if they're not doing that, it makes me suspect that they have a very good reason for not doing that. And I, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't either. And if, if you're somebody who's steeped in in cinema law, uh, feedback at uh, or courtkillers@gmail.com and and let us know, uh, you know what, in simplest terms you can, what what the line is there uh, that keeps the major studios from buying theaters, but but does allow 
somebody like and, like and we've talked about like as best I understand it because I only I've only seen echoes of this in old stuff. Uh, but but the echoes that I've seen remind me of what are supposed to be the three different branches, checks and balances in alcohol law of 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 brewers, distributors, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and retailers. Um, it feels like there's some version of that happening, but we're too dumb. We would love it if you're smart. Write us cordkillers at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, I think the Whole Foods acquisition is probably the closest analog to why they're wanting to do this, which again brings us right back around to, but with Whole Foods, you have a very valuable brand that you're getting as well. And with well, Landmark- and They definitely were buying the brand, they were buying the goodwill, and they mm-hmm. were buying the the existing infrastructure appeared to be very, very good, very, very efficient. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, th- there's a lot of reasons to buy Whole Foods, no matter who you are, but they especially made sense for, for Amazon. Whereas- Landmark has a very devoted following. It may not be as large as AMC or anybody, but uh, it, it is known for running indies and art house films. And when Netflix has been able to get a th- theater to agree to show its movies it's often in a landmark theater so there's there's some maybe something there i don't know interesting you know where where there is something though yeah it's called independent creators i don't know about you hey tom yeah i know you can't relate to this but Mm -hmm. one of us just bought a brand new property and plans to move his entire production studio over there now i know i'm only talking well yeah no obviously i'm i'm doing that i just told you about that before the show i did are you but you aren't you doing that wait wait are you are are you moving to another facility i sold the hairpin to buy you these combs (laughs) oh i just shaved off my head so that you could have this watch. Shaved off your head? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. I'm pretty sure we nailed it. Oh, Henry is, yep, is rolling over his grave yeah. with joy. Uh, uh, hey, look, if you're not paying attention, both me and Tom are moving to new facilities. Tom <laughs> is moving his production studio. I'm moving my production studio. Guess what that costs? It's a little thing we like to call money. And if you have received some kind of value from Cord Killers over the six years? Four years. Four years. Look. Eight, eight years, the various incarnations yeah, of 15, it have, have been around. Uh, 25 years. Uh, dude, a dollar an episode. It, okay, so here, moment of self-reflection. Say right? the URL, please, at some point. All right, clo- clo- all right patreon.com slash cord killers. Thank you. Cl- close your eyes, take a moment, and think, am I the type of person who can absorb $4 a month on my credit card and never really notice it? If you are that kind of person, now is your moment to make some genuine magic happen. Of that $1 per episode, we will split it into two pieces. Bryce will get a nickel. The remaining 95 cents will be split into two different production studios. It's truly magical. It's the greatest thing on the planet, and you can be a part of it. Head on over to patreon.com slash cordkillers. Do it. Okay, while you're doing that, we'll talk about how to watch. You're a good sport, Bryce. Hey, man, uh, Verizon has finally announced its deal. Remember we said, oh, it's it sounds like they might be going with Apple or maybe YouTube. The answer is yes, they're going with both. When they launch 5G service later this year in Indianapolis, Houston, Sacramento, and Los Angeles, early adopters can choose a free subscription to YouTube TV or a free Apple TV 4K device. So no, it's not the Apple television service launching earlier. It's just the ability to get some free hardware. Uh, There's also some other stuff in there. Uh, NFL, NBA uh, perks for the 5G subscriber, news content from Verizon's Oath, stuff like that. Uh, Also, don't forget, 5G has no devices out yet. 
there are a couple announced, but they're not even shipping at the moment. So if you're getting this 5G service, this is for home use. This is Verizon will give you a thing that will receive the broadcast and then you can use it throughout your home on, on a Wi-Fi network or something like that. Uh, but interesting, Ryan, that, you know, we were speculating, oh, would this be Apple or YouTube? And and actually it's one device and 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 one service. 5G in terms of megabits to be expected. Do we have a range on that? You'll want to stop using mega. Oh my goodness, really? Mm, yeah. What? It's, you're talking gigabit wireless service. So, okay. Maybe the very first launches may not quite reach that. It kind of depends. But yeah, I mean, when but, it but, gets but, to pervasive 5G, you're talking about gigabit per second or more wireless. So, Let's let's step away from the cord killing environment for just a little bit and consider uh, because this is a conversation you and I have had on DTNS back on ta Daily Tech or uh, Tech News Today and a bunch of other places. Um, am I grokking this right that that this is finally the great leapfrogging of physical infrastructure that that I that I have long been hoping for uh, is is 5G theoretically and yes I know there won't be towers everywhere maybe there won't be one near you but this seems like the kind of thing that fairly cost effectively you could upgrade a bunch of existing towers and if you have cell signal today in five years you'll have multiple gigabit. Uh, 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 to your home over the same infrastructure, right? There, yeah, there, there are lots of caveats around that. Uh, like, for instance, it's only going to roll out really slowly. You may not see it for a couple of years. Also, a more important one is 5G service has a couple of different flavors versus LTE. Uh, and it is often harder to get a signal through walls. Uh, sometimes there, there are weather interferences. They've done a lot to modify that uh, and mitig mitigate that. Uh, but but, but, but this is why you would have a gizmo on your house that well, spread the I'm, signal. What, the reason I'm saying that is because it's not as simple as I put an antenna for 5G in all the same places as LTE and it'll work, right? You have to you have to roll it out in a, in a different way to make it work, but it, it can work. And yes, right now, gigabit per second would vastly outperform most people's options in most places. Uh, uh, so you, it, this will spur a lot of the wired folks uh, to to go for higher speeds in those areas as soon as they can. And the peak data rate of 5G down the road, and again, we're talking several years down the road, you're talking it can, it can maximum achieve 20 gigabits per second. Now, uh, probably not in, in daily use, but you're easily talking about a service five years from now that could give you five gigabits per second. Yeah, I forget if we mentioned this on this show or a different one, but my father-in-law uh, moved to a new place and they're happy with DirecTV or Dish or whatever their thing is. Like they, they, they love the traditional cable experience. And so they weren't worried about setting up a satellite, but they do they knew they needed Internet. And they're just rural enough that the options on the table were all, all garbage. And I said, I got to be honest, I, I, I think what you do is you, you just buy an old iPhone on eBay, I think you plug in a, a third account to your AT&T account. I think you sign up for the same unlimited plus tethering thing that I do. Cause like, like, you know, right now I'm getting on AT&T now, granted I'm in a privileged area, Austin, Texas and so on, but like 250 to 300 megabits down and 150 up, it seems like fine bandwidth for your house and you can run it by just adding another Apple device to on there. Yeah. Uh, so 
you know, exciting times coming slowly to a neighborhood near you. Okay, but so specifically, is there anything about this that makes us feel oogie about the partnership thing? About uh, are yeah. we worried about zero? I was out? worried about that when we talked about the rumors, but now it's like, hey, sign up with five G service, get free YouTube TV. That's fine. They're just throwing in a service. If it was like doesn't count against your bandwidth. Well, then I might change my mind. Uh, but, you know, the fact that there's like either this or a free Apple TV, I'm like, OK, this is so this is just a promotional giveaway. Sure. Sure. Uh, meanwhile, though, uh, 5G rollout, real thing happening in your in yeah. our lifetimes. Who would have thought? Indianapolis. Uh, research company Magid says people aged 22 to 36 are the most likely to share their streaming service passwords and sharing passwords is getting more and more common and Unlike the way this story usually goes, it doesn't seem like any of the services care one whit. Uh, the numbers are 42% of Gen Y. Is that what we're calling them? I don't think anybody's decided, but up to age 21, 42% of people up to age 21 share their passwords. 35% of people 22 to 36, which is roughly the millennials generation, share their password. 19% of us Gen Xers do it. And then those stingy baby boomers, only 13% of them share their passwords. And overall, this is a huge jump. Uh, overall, other company surveys, so it's not exactly apples to apples, showed a 10% overall sharing in 2015 and only 12% in July 2017. And now even the baby boomers are above the average. So it seems to me like the, the, the biggest difference here is, and I'm going to guess this will not be a surprise to you or anybody listening at home that that honestly you know in, in a uh, zero cost for increased fulfillment environment which is give or take what all the these data services are uh you kind of don't care who's sharing their password what you care is not knowing uh, how much dark interaction there is on your site. You don't know if you're paying $100 billion a year and fully $30 billion of it is being wasted on people who are giving you no money at all. If you know what it is, you can always adjust for it and you can point to the individual abusers that are like, okay, I'm receiving 75 uh, logins from this password. Clearly you're doing a thing and shut it down. Um, meanwhile, the very act of, I mean, this is one of those things that it's like, you know, this is why Audible allows you to loan out books is because they know as long as they can track it, they can see how loaning out of books and getting other people to sign up for Audible yields more Audible monthly subscribers and so on. And I think that we're entering that phase where now that we could track everything, everybody's fine with everything. Sim similar to what we discussed about as new metrics come out, you know, uh, from Nielsen about like, you know, what kind of impact or how many people are paying attention to X and Y and Z. And then now we can put a dollar value on an integrated campaign to make sure that, uh, 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 I'm gonna. Uh, uh, the guy from Mash drinks Coke and not Pepsi. <laughs> I was trying to think of quite literally the oldest television anything I could think of. Uh, but my three sons wears Red Wings. Exactly, a, exactly. Yeah. Um, this makes sense. This makes sense. And and as a small business owner, this is the kind of thing I would be uh, complicit in, and and I would be cool with. That you have to remember too. It's really easy to stop people from abusing this super easy. This is not regionalism where you, where they actually work harder to stop people from watching things out of market. Hulu especially does is, works really hard to stop people from watching things out of market. This one, it's like, um, well, the only, you can only have two streams at once. So one account, 
So yeah. if you're sharing your passwords a lot and you got three people wanting to watch things at the same time, it's not going to work. So yeah. we really don't care because of all those things that Brian just said about at some point, the person who's sharing the account is going to go, you know what? I just want to get my own Hulu account. So I keep running into this problem where, you know, Jessica's watching the, you know, all the boys I've loved before. And now I can't watch my Archie reruns. So <laughs> do, do, Riverdale, do whatever. Do you remember that there was an ad campaign for T-Mobile? I want to say it was uh, just after the turn of the century, like around 2007 or so, back when they were still doing friends and family thing. You know, like um, uh, mention your 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 five friends and family. You get to talk to them all you want for free without using your minutes. And there was an ad campaign where they kept showing people who obviously were not from the same family yeah, right, right. of different races, of different sizes, of different you know back ethnic backgrounds. And they're like, no, 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 he's my brother. And then, and basically, the whole point of the campaign is like, look, we know it's called friends and family. We don't care what you do. Just show up, designate five people, talk to them for free, all you want. It feels like we're we're getting there, right? Yeah, yeah. We haven't quite got to them running an ad, uh, but wouldn't be shocked. You yeah, know, at some point. So, all right, let's move on to under surveillance, which is what to watch. Now, many of you may find this a shocker, so please sit down. CBS All Access has more originals than just Star Trek and Good Wife spinoffs. <gasps> I'm Are sorry. Okay? Maybe I guess maybe that was a Skype hiccup. It made it sound just for a second like you were saying that CBS had something other than Star Trek and Good Wife spinoffs. Yeah, CBS All Access has a trailer for another original called One Dollar, starring singer Sturgill Simpson as a former steel mill worker swept up in class and culture wars that ignite after a strange multiple murder. Critically, people are like, looks pretty good. The series follows a single dollar bill through town to tell this story, and it premieres August 30th on CBS All Access. So here's the question. They're, they're doing a good job of following the playbook of many services that have come before by investing a lot of money on original content uh, behind the paywall that yeah. will work. But House C of Cards is their Star Trek. Orange is the New Black is their Good Wife. Right. right. But uh, they are very, very late to this game. Uh, are, are they too late? Is this can, how often? Because I know I, I know this can't pay off forever. I know it, it can't be that, that, that Tom and Brian make a new uh, startup and, and spend a hundred million dollars to make something and everybody loves it and joins our new thing. I mean, I, I don't know. Ask Facebook if they were too late to make it social networks. Right. Like it all depends. It I mean, all depends on on what your service is. And I think that's why it's so hard to figure out CBS All Access because it's not a new Netflix that's doing Netflix better than Netflix, but it's also CBS, so it's got some serious franchise power behind it. And yet it's still not a very good app. So you're like, they, they're too late to this game, right? I get, I get the impulse, but it's like, man, you hire somebody to clean up that app though. You you might have some. I mean, I I got out of the prediction business once uh, Amazon became number two, just barely behind Netflix. Like, yeah. like I never saw that coming. Uh, we got a trailer out for Next Gen, starring John Krasinski as the voice of a killer robot who teams up with a young girl to save the world. Coming to Netflix on September seventh. Did I read right? John Krasinski is also the new Jack Ryan in a TV show about Jack Ryan on Amazon. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Right, Amazon. I feel uh, like I, I know he's the new Jack Ryan. On that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think we mentioned it on this show. Yeah, okay, look, just rub long. it in my face. Uh, you're right. You. I think you mentioned it to me on I, this show. I probably did. Probably <laughs> did. 
<laughs> hey, did I tell you about the, the first trailer for Star Wars Resistance being out? Premieres nope. October 7th on Disney Channel. I love the new new question mark art direction they're going with this. I like the fact that it's not just traditional CG. I like the fact There's that it's- There's a love-hate relationship to that, to that art style, I know, because I think a lot of people were- expecting something more like rebels and clone wars and it's a, it's quite a departure in style but well you know once it, you get over that oh it's different i think it's great yeah i actually think that the star wars universe will benefit from a more cartoonish style i i, I think that i think that the more we get comfortable with the idea of star wars being a silly universe the the happier all of us are going to be and a lot of people felt that way about Rebels at first because it was different than Clone Wars. So, yeah. Amazon posted a full trailer of The Romanovs, a comedy about people who claim to be descendants of the Ro- Russian czars, launching October 12th. Man, I could have sworn we talked about this before. Maybe we I'm have. We have talked about this. Now we have a trailer. Date Got it. With okay. the full trailer. All right. Yeah, right on. Season two of Marvel's Runaways premieres on Hulu December 21st. All 13 episodes will come at once this time. Rather than Hulu releasing them weekly or in batches like they often do. Bryce, Tom, yeah. is it Brian. time for me to get caught up on Runaways? I like mm. Runaways. It um, would be time I for me to get them. caught up on Runaways too. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to. I, I I would be interested to see if you like it, Brian, because it is a very young adult series, but it's not crappy like all the CW ones. Well, and and that's the big question is is and I'll be the first to admit like me watching it myself will be a very different experience than me watching it with my 14-year-old daughter, right? And sure. and if there's a chance that she's yeah. going to dig it in that context, then I'll 100% be on board. I think she will. Trailer is out for Alfonso Cuarón's Roma uh debuting at the Venice Film Festival, then coming to Netflix. And a lot of people are seeing this as a big move for Netflix to combat the idea that they just make straight to DVD quality movies. Oh, got it. And uh, by the way, this is a guy who did Gravity and Children of Men and a bunch of other rad stuff, right? Uh, Azkaban, Harry Potter and Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm, did that? Never one. heard of it. Uh, yeah, it's artsy. It's black and white. And you're going to love it. The Break with Michelle Wolf and Joel McHale. Uh, I'm sorry, The Break with Michelle Wolf and... The Joel McHale Show with Joel McHale will not get a second season. Uh, after all that, we had to give you bad news. Deadline and the Hollywood Reporters say it's because of a lack of viewers, uh, but they're not giving up on the talk format. Don't forget, Netflix has Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, and of course, the Letterman uh, uh, talk shows that sort of come out very periodically. Uh, so the next step to try to succeed at talk shows on Netflix in a more regularly released format is Norm MacDonald. In Norm MacDonald has a show, Patriot Act with Hassan Minhaj, and a panel-style talk show called The Fix with Jimmy Carr, Catherine Ryan, and D.L. Hewley. So one of the blessings of Netflix is that they don't answer to advertisers. They're not secretly trying to sell you dish soap. Um, One of the downsides, I would imagine, of working with Netflix, and I most certainly will not ask this live on the air, uh, but, 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 uh, I, if, if we get, uh, Justin Willman on, I would love to hear like what, what it's like to work with them because the same thing that we love about it is, Hey, screw you. We don't care how many people are watching this. As long as it fits our magic secret behind the curtain, uh, uh thing, we'll keep on making terrace house and whatever. Uh, the, uh, but the downside is as a creator, I would imagine that's a little frustrating. I, I definitely have had conversations with some people who have created some stuff that's on Netflix where they're like, 
LOL, sure wish I knew literally how many people were watching or how happy Netflix was yeah. with it's anything. It's the blessing of the curse, right? Like, it's one thing to know, like, oh, man, I can look at the ratings every day and I just see them going down and I know I'm doomed and that's horrible. I wish I didn't know. And then it's like, oh, well, now I work for Netflix and I, like, seriously, legitimately have no idea. Yeah. Now now you don't even get to have that, yeah. that spun up uh, question of whether or not you're doing well or not. And, and and this points out something I think people, you know, it's a common human uh, trap, logical trap to fall in. When we say Netflix doesn't care about listener numbers, it doesn't mean they don't care about getting viewers. <laughs> when they say they don't care about numbers, we mean they don't need the highest number to satisfy Procter & Gamble. Uh, but they do have a number they want to meet, right? And, well, and if it doesn't meet that number, even if it's a lower number, but they're like, hey, if we get this many 18 to 22-year-olds at this this bracket, then that's paying off for Netflix. Uh, if they don't meet that, then it's going to go away. Im imagine, for example, like behind the scenes, they say, look, we want to meet all these demographical categories, and we need a talk show that hits 18 to 34 year olds, male and female, and this amount. We're going to spend this hundred million dollars. Uh, great. We now have seven talk shows. Uh, we clearly don't need to be paying for seven of them. Let's keep the top performing yeah. three of them. And then now that niche is filled and those people are happy and, and we're able to cost effectively use that money somewhere else. I mean, that's this is all me making stuff up, but that I certainly understand how that, that could be sense. the case. Yeah. Yeah. HBO announced Damon Lindelof's Watchmen series will launch in 2019. Uh, Jeremy Irons and Regina King are headlining the series. Also going to have Don Johnson, Francis Fisher, Louis Gossett Jr. Lindelof has previously wrote that they will not be adapting the comic, but remixing it. And it's really hard to ha wrap your head around what he's saying, but he calls the comic the Old Testament to the series New Testament, but it's not a sequel it's a contemporary take on a new original story. To... So if I'm if I'm reading the tea leaves right, Brian, he doesn't want to get rid of everything that's in the comic. He'll have allusions to all of those characters like Dr. Manhattan and everything. But he wants to set it in the present day, not in the 80s. And so it's not going to be a direct sequel, obviously, because, well, spoiler, at the end of the comic, it makes it really hard to make it a sequel. Two syllables. Pre-chur. It's already been done with Preacher. Exactly what you're describing. I is would it, imagine. Is, is that because I, I don't have any idea. Pre Preacher takes place in, in the 80s. Like I, it I, takes I, place. No, no, no. Well, I've only read the first episode of Preacher and it took place at current time during that time. Also, Watchmen took place at current time. But I didn't think Preacher that was time. that old. Uh, Preacher, what, what, 90s, right? Uh, I think okay, it's all right, all right. Not quite I, as old as Watchmen, but it's back there. Yeah, yeah but, right. but but old right. enough that yeah, yeah. the Preacher was definitely rocking Jerry curls, and they, gotcha, gotcha, they gotcha. definitely make reference to that during uh, okay. uh, the TV right. show. So, like, if, but, if Preacher this, worked, it's apparently yeah. different enough from the comic and yet feels close enough that everybody who loved the comic seems to love this. So I, I don't Where see the I'm reason. Where I'm hung up, though, is Preacher, the TV series, said, well, let's do Preacher in the present day. Lindelof saying the events of the comics happened like the Old Testament happened in the New Testament. And that's where I start to get confused. If he just said, hey, it's going to be Watchmen, but it's going to be in the present day, I'd be right there with you. Well, uh, vaguely spoiler territory. He's going to say everything that happened in the Watchmen happened. So we don't have to go into what happened, but if you know the story. Sure, but it was The people roughly... who are alive are alive and the people who died died. Sure, but what happened was roughly 
the level of a, I don't know, like a Spanish-American war level event. And the world recovered 35, 40 years later after the Spanish-American war. So it Mm -hmm. seems like it would not be unreasonable to be set in a world very much like our own, where also the Spanish-American war happened 30 years ago or 40 years ago. Right? What? So who's the Philippines? Uh, True fact, I I don't even know who fought in the Spanish-American war. I can give you two hints. (laughs) And the Americans? Uh, Netflix announced a multi-year exclusive TV deal with Kenya Barris. Uh, He's still going to be the executive producer of Blackish, as well as Gronish and the upcoming Besties, if you didn't know that was coming out. Uh, And Barris also has a first-look movie deal with Fox, so movies will still be Fox's unless they pass. But he will otherwise, any new TV shows he makes will be made for Netflix. Good for him. Question Hilarious, mark. Kenya Barris. If you have not watched Blackish, I mean, watch Blackish. Yeah, cosine. I don't know. I, I I've thought a lot recently about, and 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 maybe maybe, um, forgive me as a extrovert here, but 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 uh, uh, as you and I co-independent uh, mid forties uh, creators, late forties, uh, but all right, fine. Uh, for me. Okay, approaching early early forties here, man. Early forties are the cool kids. Uh, but but um. I understand why a creator would do this kind of agreement, but I cannot wrap my mind around being uh, what it must be like to feel comfortable in this kind of agreement. I'm terrified of the thought of being fired from anything. And, and Mm. that's part of the reason that, 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 that I have been an entrepreneur for 20 years. And part of the reason I encourage you to join me in my cult. Yeah. 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 The imagine I, I, I may have this wrong. So hold off with the criticisms, but I think what this means is I get to pitch my shows and have them made. Yeah. I don't have to pitch my show and hope it gets made, which means guaranteed money, but also guaranteed creative development. And I'm sure there's things they can do like hold, hold it up and delay it and everything, but it's not a first look deal. It's Kenya, whatever you want to make, we're going to put it on Netflix. Yeah. And, and Gauchum in the chat points out, like, uh, you get paid very handsomely. Of course, of course, that's that's the primary motivator why you sign one of these agreements. And the secondary motivator is that now everybody listens to you because they have to listen to you. But mm. the third motivator, uh, the third vector, the one that frightens me is like you're a kept animal and you work for somebody who is not uh, you and 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 other people who are not you can make final decisions about things. And that well, that that's what I don't know. Me. I don't know if that's true in these deals like Shonda Rhimes and Kenya Barris. I mean, these are big name people that would not agree to that. So my assumption is the deal is I will make shows and you will take them. Yeah. And, and granted, in reality, there's going to be notes and all of that. But I don't think you're at I don't think they would do it if they were as under the thumb as you're worried about. Yeah. You could be totally wrong. I don't know. I, I just know it. Well, this is more philosophical. We'll save this for after talk patrons only. Hulu announced Castle Rock will get a second season that will follow a new storyline. Though each season's storyline is intended to intersect with the others while remaining self-contained. So if you watch season one of Castle Rock, you'll probably see little reflections of that story in season two. Uh, Hulu says season one is its most successful first season original launch. Wow. It, this that includes is, Handmaid's Tale. This this is as close to a Dark Tower series as we're ever going to get, right? It's got apparently 
men in yellow coats. This breaks my heart. And they're low. I mean, okay, I I will watch it. I will watch it, and I'll probably fall in love with it, and I'll probably resent- I think you and I are on the same page on this, because I'm like, I should really watch this. I'm really afraid to watch it. I, right? Well, and, and, and here's what's going to happen. We're going to fall in love with it. We're going to say, well, it's almost Dark Tower, but it's not really Dark Tower. And then on season four, there's going to be a freaking gunslinger. We're going to lose our minds. We're going to decide this is the best series that's ever existed. It's secretly Dark Tower in disguise. Oh, my God. Everybody praise Hulu forever. All things serve the Hulu. <laughs> follow the hulu all right uh let's talk about what we got our eyes on uh what have you watched most recently that you love brian uh of course i got caught up on deadwood preacher uh, i did watch more cupcake and dino which i've been very cupcake slowly parceling dino, out so while i watch with the kids uh i love the fact that i started to load an episode and all the kids are like go back to the beginning we have to hear the song and then they all sang along with it uh and uh and i watched the first two episodes of Better Call Saul, I wasn't able oh, to get all the way caught up, but man, oh man, did I have a unique experience that I want to share when we get to spoiler in time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Godfather Part 2 is the one that I watched that you would not have guessed, uh, probably, because I've watched a lot of the same stuff as Brian. Uh, I'm watching that for Current Geek Film Fest, and man, we I, I said this when I watched Godfather for Current Geek, but uh, those movies really hold up well. Like, they are... Period pieces shot 40 years ago, but they still work. I don't sit there and think like, yeah, well, that looks kind of dated. Like, it looks like it's the 50s, which is what they were shooting in 1973. That That is one of the brilliant things of, for example, I rewatched uh, The Sting a few months ago. And The Sting, mm. like, uh, think about this. The movie The Sting closer to the time period it's set in than current day, which makes it real easy to make it look very authentically 1920s or 30s or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, separate and, and just a brilliant movie, Godfather Part Two as well. Uh, All right, Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Oh, uh, hey, everybody. We got a pick from Dan. He writes, uh, Cord Killers, I have a show for you that you should be on the lookout called Bobcat Goldwaith's Misfits and Monsters. It's airing on Wednesday nights on True TV. It's an anthology series, much like Black Mirror. The only main minor difference being that it is a 30-minute time slot, which makes for a nice, concise story to be told. The, ser the series was written and directed by Bobcat Goldwaith, hence the title, but it's a completely different cast for each episode. The first episode is titled Bubba the Bear and stars Seth Green as a cartoon voice actor who is stalked by the animated character that he voices. Kind of like a, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit sort of thing, but with a darker atmosphere. Uh, it's a show that I find myself looking forward to each week and would love to hear your takes on upcoming episodes of Spoiling Time. Thanks, Dan, in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, thank you, Dan. The first episode of Bobcat Goldwaite's Misfits and Monsters is streaming for free on True TV's website, trutv.com, and the rest are available with the cable authentication. The first season is only a couple of weeks away from wrapping up, so this is a rather fresh on the lookout. Thank you, Dan. And you can get True TV through the kind of streaming services that you don't need traditional cable for. Right. It's it's available on a lot of those streaming services. You just have to look at the packages. And and like with most shows, you can get them on the the VOD stores. You want to buy mm -hmm. the season. It strikes me, you know, sometimes we're like Black Mirror. It's like our modern day Twilight Zone. This feels like, no, this really is more like Twilight Zone because it's 30 minutes lot. Yeah, yeah. If you got something we should be on the lookout for, email us cordkillers at gmail.com. Brian, how are you going to pay for all the makers you got? So, I'm sorry. It, what was that? You got all the makers, you know, the makers that you're building your your compound out. How are you going to pay for that? 
Oh, you mean the you mean the the, 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 the builders, the 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 construction people, the Well, you got seven acres. You gotta fill it oh, up. Oh, them acres. I thought you were saying, how do I pay for the makers? And in my mind, <laughs> I wanted to believe much. Hey Brian, like, how do you pay for all that makers mark? What the, I mean, that's what I was trying to figure. Like, like, like I figure I pictured a bunch of old uh, dapper floating gentlemen with aged <laughs> faces who says, We are the makers. We We'll create your reality. You the need only is, pay for us. I just assumed you had a bit going already, and I was going to play right along with it. And no. you really just misunderstood me. <laughs> no, but but you're right. How will I pay for the makers? Because as we all know, the seven acres comes with seven makers, each one <laughs> representing a different tradecraft. Uh, one is a spy. One creates diamonds when he cries. The other he, uh, <laughs> is not uh, traditionally. <laughs> all of this is true. <laughs> The answer is... Spycraft was number one, huh? <laughs> yes. He said, Followed by the guy who grinds diamonds. Really? The Spycraft guy is very important because he has to go infiltrate City Hall to get the permits for right. the things that we're going to build. His name is Minecraft that's Steve. Top, that's top Minecraft top, yeah. Steve is the greatest of the makers. Uh, hey, man, if, you, if you've not followed along, uh, we did a 17-minute tour of the new seven-acre property that's going to be the Modern Rogue World headquarters. We also did an episode where we're starting to take on bigger projects, really interesting stuff. Dude, take, take a look at this. This is a fight scene between uh, uh, Eco Uice and and. Sam Locke uh, of, of Mile 22, uh, we flew out to L.A. and shot this, and they taught us this exact choreography that you're seeing right now. It's freaking amazing. Like, Mono Rogue is growing up to be like a real, real legit show. It's, That's and, and amazing. In fact, look, look how good uh, Jason and I look when we, uh, when we take it on. Uh, anyway, all of this is possible. If you guys are a fan of Cord Killers, please give a look over at youtube.com slash modern rogue. Take a look at some of the stuff that we're doing. Uh, we're trying real hard to make it really interesting for you guys, and we're certainly betting very big on it. And of course, if you have extra Patreon money, we have a Patreon over there as well. Let's take a look at the front lines. Front lines. All right, we got a new buzzword for you, folks. It's the VMVPD, the virtual multi-channel video programming distributor. Comscore reports U.S. households watching streaming services has risen 58% in the last year. Uh, Comscore defines them as pure play VMVPDs. Uh, that means Sling TV, DirecTV Now, PlayStation View, Fubo TV, and Philo. Pure Play streaming services made up 10% of all the time spent streaming shows and movies in April 2018, up 53% from last year. And they also show more older viewers signing up. You may have noticed Hulu Live and YouTube TV don't count because they're not pure play. They have their own additional Hulu product and YouTube product. So if you add those two in, then the numbers go get even bigger. So I feel like half of me wants to be annoyed that there there's all this relabeling and stuff. But then the, the the better part of me realizes this is the marker of a healthy growing environment. These are yeah. the labels that the the new industry is desperately trying to latch onto so they could talk to advertisers and say, this is why our platform matters. Yeah. Once they start breaking down the numbers and have to come up with these goofy labels that they'll eventually change into something more manageable, uh, it means that the industry is growing. Yep. Meanwhile, Bloomberg has sources who say Amazon has worked on a DVR that records live TV and can stream to smartphones and fire devices. Amazon has decided uh, has not decided to release the DVR. The project's internal name at Amazon is Frank. So <laughs> if you want uh, Danny DeVito to 
you know, describe to you the shows. That's what I would love to believe. He's eating yeah. he's eating various ingredients of a sandwich while he describes what's happening on the screen. He's like, anyway, <laughs> right. it's an ad right now. Uh, hold on. Uh, you can get this right now if instead of wanting Amazon to sell it to you, uh, well, actually, instead of wanting Amazon to make it, uh, you don't mind that Tableau makes it. And also, it would work on more than just the Fire TV. By the way, the fine folks over at Tableau sent me a dad-ready unit that had everything. All I have to do is hook the thing up to the living room, and I haven't done it yet, and I'm a bad person. And maybe I think I'm waiting to do it over at the new space. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's what yeah. you were doing. Yeah, yeah, you're like, hold on, i got seven acres to fill. It's I need a Tableau It's not because I'm a there. bad person, I swear, yeah. Tableau. You needed the, the movie maker. That's right. Hook That's it up right. <laughs> Netflix confirmed to TechCrunch that it's testing playing promotions in between episodes. Oh, people love that. Uh, the promotions are chosen based on the kinds of shows and movies Netflix would normally suggest to you uh, and are replacing the preview info for the next episode. That's not going to annoy anyone. The promos can be skipped, but it's apparently confused a few people on how to do it. I think that they are doing a reasonable thing by experimenting Yes. I think no, they're absolutely. going to figure out that people, number one, hate this, and number two, my trust in Netflix has been seriously eroded because I log in on my daughter, my five-year-old daughter's account. Uh, it says Callie right on there, and I see severed heads on pikes with the word disenchantment. And I was like, well, maybe this is a more kid-friendly show than I expected. And I hit play. And then I realized, no, it's exactly what I expect from Matt Groening, which is not appropriate for my five-year-old, right? Uh, I think Netflix is doing an appropriate thing of finding their boundaries. I think they have definitely crossed their boundaries in their attempt to figure out where their boundaries are. Gotcha. Cord Cutter News notes that Facebook has banned users from promoting, quote, the sale or use or of streaming devices with Kodi installed. Kodi is a legal piece of software for, for media management. Some people use add-ons to enable copyright infringing uses of Kodi, but Kodi itself does not enable for, uh, infringement, nor does it encourage it. Man, everything Just old lazy. is new again. This is like yeah. banning MP3s. It's the dumbest yeah. crap no, ever. lazy. Kodi is not a crime, people. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Netflix turned off the ability to post user reviews to its site on July 30th, and now all those reviews have been deleted. We knew it was coming, but it's now happened. Uh, Netflix, if you remember, we wanted to remove the feature because of declining use. Uh, we reported on this about a month ago, uh, and Bryce found the episode number 227 if you want to go back and listen. Yep. Um, Amazon has added the ability to get CBS All Access's cheaper tier as an add-on channel to the Prime Video. Earlier this year, Amazon added the $10 a month commercial free version, but now you can also choose to add the $6 a month version of CBS All Access that includes commercials. CBS says there are more than 2.5 million CBS All Access subscribers, and Digiday estimates 25 to 45% of them are fans of Star Trek. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It says uh, of them come through Amazon. Sorry. That's and good wife. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the dispatches from the front. Uh, David Mako had a uh, special what to watch. He says, I'm not sure how I found this, but this Friday, August 24th, selected IMAX theaters are showing 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, there has not been a lot of promotion of this that I can tell, and it's one day only, so if you snooze, you lose. I imagine the IMAX experience would be close 
as the numerous times I have seen this on the huge Cinerama screen at the Uptown Theater in D.C., where the film had its world premiere 50 years ago. I realize it's not really a cord-killing event, but it is a rare chance to see a great film in all its big screen glory. Yeah, I believe last year or, or fairly recently, uh, they made a tour of like an un... Uh, uh, what do they call it? An unrestored version. Like like it's mm. just a straight-up 50-year-old print that they, that they played at a bunch of places. I would be really interested if somebody out there right now is a fan of this show and has never watched or knows, you know, maybe maybe you know the 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 pop culture gestalt of 2001 and that's about it. If you go in there and watch it as though you're going to church, I'll bet you have a fairly remarkable experience. Mm. And if you're willing to try it, please give us a report whether for good or for ill, that's fine either way. Like like I want to know what that movie looks like with fresh eyes from somebody who's never seen it before. And you could write us at cordkillers at gmail.com. I'm sorry, Brian. They can't do that. <laughs> they totally can. They totally can. Uh, uh, Jim wrote in and said, I grew up in the country without cable TV and always envied the other kids in school who had it. And when I got married, I got my MTV and I was hooked like it was heroin. Now, 28 years later and two years of showing my wife how cable TV can be replaced with over-the-top services, I proudly walked into the cable store last week and turned in two cable boxes. It was like saying goodbye to an old friend. I am now free. Looking forward to having an extra $102 each month after paying for DirecTV now to save or pay for other services. I'm proudly using the Roku Methadone for DirecTV Now and Netflix. Keep fighting the good fight for what you want, when you want, and whatever damn device you want. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Enjoy that $102, the exact 30 days it takes before you figure out new ways to spend it. Because then it turns $102, out- <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but at least you're more in control of how you spend it, Jim. I mean, that's, that's true. That's true. I think yeah. I think you're going to turn out great. Pat M. writes in saying, hey, CK crew, I recently cut the cord, moved to PS View for my TV. I knew I'd be giving up my local baseball, basketball, and hockey teams, but I thought I'd be able to keep the local NFL team, Denver, since they're on CBS, which is broadcast live through, through View. Now I'm not so sure. I tried to watch the Broncos preseason game last Sunday through View on the NFL Network, and it was blacked out. I was finally able to access through the NFL app, authenticating with my view account as the regular season fast approaches. I'm concerned I'll have the same problem with no solutions since NFL Network doesn't show Sunday games. Do you know, does the NFL and or view blackout regular season games on the network? If so, other than an antenna, are there any other streaming options for in-market NFL games? Love the show. Thanks for your help. Okay, so Pat, uh, lots of questions here, and not being in Denver, uh, I don't have the answers, but can you get CBS, as you say, through View? If so, your Sunday games that are shown on CBS should be fine. If they're not shown on CBS, if they're like on Fox and you don't get Fox, that could be a problem. That is one answer. The second answer is preseason games sometimes follow different rules. And maybe if they don't sell enough tickets, they black them out locally. That could be a problem. And it would have affected you on cable as well. And also NFL Network and NBA Network and MLB Network often will black out the broadcast if it's a local team because you can watch it on another channel. Uh, so I'm curious if you checked CBS to see if that game was on CBS and not just on the NFL network, or it may be possible that it was on another channel that you don't get through PSV. And that's why it was blacked out on the NFL network. It's just, 
it, it all goes to show that these blackout rules are way too complex and silly. Uh, and if you get the channel, you should get the channel. But that's the world we live in. But I wouldn't give up hope. You're probably going to be able to see some games. <laughs> some games. I know, right? Evan, uh, writes, Evan writes, it seems we are now entering an era where existing networks are holding their premium properties back in order to prop up their new streaming services. So now CBS gets my money two ways, through my DirecTV for their broadcast channel and $10 a month for CBS All Access and their Star Trek channel. Same goes for Disney when they roll out their streaming service. This is on top of Prime, Netflix, HBO, etc. And we even have Hulu, which is owned by a broadcast network or multiple broadcast networks making Handmaid's Tale and Castle Rock. Lots of great things to watch. But when does this end? That's like $60 a month just in streaming services, and that's not counting something to get you live TV. I'm ready for Brian's concierge service that automatically unsubscribes me from the things once I am done with the shows I like. There's only so much dough to go around. Am I going to end up paying more after the dust settles? I mean, I think we were pretty good over the last few years about getting in front of this issue. Uh, yeah. I think around the time that we We've wrapped up- We've talked about it quite a bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Around the time that we wrapped up frame rate, we were starting to see uh, legislators saying like, no, a la carte television should be free or uh, possible or whatever. And it was you and me that were like, uh, hey man, uh, there's a reason a Chinese buffet works real well. And that's because you can have all you want uh, with one simple fee. I think uh, we our previous- predictions were would be that there would be this massive balkanization everybody creating their little fiefdoms they'd figure out that uh, and we were already seeing the fallout of it like CISO couldn't survive on its own and a bunch of other uh, little services realize like oh wait we don't have enough content to do, except except for cord killers uh, patreon.com slash cord killers just right, great, right of course crushing it um, very exception so uh Mike I, I think my answer is just ride it out buddy yeah. just ride no, it exactly. out Evan, don't think the current situation is going to be the situation for long. We're in that peak period of experimentation and change. Uh, and so what is true today is not going to be true next year. And eventually the market will work out a reasonable number of these services. And in the end, yeah, it may be possible for you to pay more to get everything, but you have control over whether you want everything. So yeah, CBS All Access, what if it was called uh, Star Trek World Service or the uh, Good Wife Channel uh, and not CBS? You wouldn't be thinking of paying it two ways, right? Because it would have enough original content. You're like, oh, I want to pay for that thing. There are too many of those kind of attempts right now. I get that. Uh, but you don't have to get them all. Don't be uh, if you're a completionist, this is the worst time. Uh, but otherwise, just just get the ones that are most important to you and keep it within your budget. And that's the benefit is you have control. Think about it this way. There's never been a better time for you to do some inside work on giving up being a completionist. <laughs> like now go. is because because there's only going to get to be more choices. So if there's ever a time in your life to give up on the idea that you can have all of it, now is the time to just let that let that go. Let it fly. Let it fly. Pick your tribe. You can get everything you want. You just need to not want to get everything. Yeah. Oh wait, no, that's good. That that's a Rolling Stones lyric. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. And we're live on twitch.tv slash night attack, which is also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will talk to you again next time. By the way, check out cordkillers.com. It's been revamped by Bryce. Bryce oh, made right. it really, really it pretty. Gorgeous. Really, really well pretty. Done, Bryce. 
Hey guys, Brian and Tom here, and it's just the same old message at the end of the credits, just like always. That's right, Brian. Nothing new here except your name showing up. Oh my gosh, I've got a name. you just supported us on Patreon. Yeah, all those $5 donors, look at that. That's your name in pixels. We're going to make you famous, kid. Put your There's name in pixels on the internet. There's names in there, but some of you are new. Some of you aren't there. It's sad. What can they do, Brian? I mean, they could go to patreon.com slash cord killers and pledge $5 an episode to be one of these amazing people, like this the one. Amazing. Oh, look at look at that name right there. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>